Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese. And I'm Laura Brodnick. How was your weekend? It was good. Lots of being inside, lots of making cocktails, lots of watching TV and reading books. Nothing exciting to report. Your Instagram always makes me feel like your weekend is like out of some holiday catalogue or something. I'm so jealous. Well, that's what happens when your backyard's the beach. It looks very different from an inner city weekend, I think. Well, something did happen that was quite interesting over the weekend that you did forget. It is, of course, what we're talking about today for our deep dive. Angelina Jolie's new interview that gave us some more insight into her divorce from Brad Pitt and their custody battle than we have ever had before. It's dominating headlines today and we are going to talk about it. Before we do that, we have the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Well, in not-so-fun TV news to kick off the week, the TV Week Annual Logie Awards have officially been cancelled for the second year in a row due to COVID-19. So the 60-second awards were due to take place at the Star on the Gold Coast on November 28. However, due to the current outbreaks in Australia and all the current border closures and not knowing when that's going to be resolved, the awards ceremony has once again been pushed out from that date. So our media, who are the team behind the Logies, said the evolving COVID situation regrettably provides organisers with no certainty to plan ahead for a safe event for guests to attend. So due to the awards being cancelled last year and this year, the eligibility for the 2022 Logies will actually run from January 1, 2021 to March 31, 2022. So there'll be quite a big span of time there where people can nominate their work. And even though international award shows like the Emmys and the Golden Globes were held virtually during the pandemic, there are no such plans to do that for the Logies. Which is a shame because I'm sure there's a lot of up and coming talent, especially because Australian TV is very much trying to diversify. And even though people think the Logies are a bit of a joke, winning one of those awards can really up your profile and help your career. So hopefully the next ones do go ahead, although there's no date for the 2022 awards, which will be announced next year. Well, on to some sexy news. My personal fave. Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain walked the red carpet at the premiere for their new TV series, Scenes from a Marriage, at the Venice Film Festival over the weekend. As they walked the red carpet posing for photographers, a 52-second video was captured of a specific moment. And look, I've actually got to watch the video to describe it for you because it's just, first of all, the video is in slow-mo. So they're kind of like, you know, looking at each other. Oscar has his arm around Jessica. She's smiling directly forward at the photographers. Then he kind of pulls her arm away from him and nuzzles his face. What initially looked like a bit of a pit smell, I later realised is a bit of a 
inner arm kiss and they kind of come in for a cuddle and then she's like, oh my God, I've just realized that you just kissed my kind of armpit kind of arm and they start giggling. The world's gone mad over this because it's so damn sexy and the chemistry is just like oozing out of them. It's like easy for anyone to see. Like this TV show is definitely going to be a hit. But the two do have a history. So they study together at Juilliard Drama School and they're great friends. They previously starred opposite each other in a movie called A Most Violent Year. And both are happily married. Sorry, I did bury the lead there. Oscar to Danish screenwriter and film director Elvira Lind and Jess to Gianluca Passi de Priposolo, who works in luxury fashion. And at the moment, he's working for Montclair. I was really into this. What were your thoughts? The camera's in the perfect spot because it's showing just that clip and it's being slowed down so much. It does look a bit sexier than it was if you watch the full clip where they get out of the car together and they walk down the red carpet, they do their photos separately and they come in. The thing is they always do this stuff on the red carpet together because they've been friends for over 20 years. Like So they went to Juilliard together. They've done projects together before. They're quite notorious for almost recreating scenes from their movies. Like there's one where like in a movie where she's holding his face in the poster and then they did that on the red carpet. They always very touchy feeling on the red carpet. And what's more interesting about this particular clip is that if you look at the video from the other angle, so the videographer who was standing on the other side, his wife is like right next to them and she's just smiling like, oh, these two, this is what they do on red carpets. They're so cute, these crazy kids, which makes it a little less sexy. Not in a bad way. It's obviously like she knows the antics that they pull on the red carpet together, but it's just interesting if you look at from the other side it looks like they're completely alone. So it's not quite Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper levels of intense affection, but, you know, it is good promo for their show because it's a TV show, not a movie, so it wouldn't normally make such a big splash at the Venice Film Festival, even though they showed all five episodes of the... That's the real story. Some poor people had to sit through five episodes of a TV show at this event just so they could watch these two smooch on screen. I think it reminded me more of like Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck's like recreating their famous shots from their relationship and they're obviously recreating these red carpet moments echoing what they've done in their previous movies like I like it and they obviously know that there's a kind of appetite for these recreations and I really want to know what everyone else thinks about this sexy little video it got me so hot under my turtleneck collar I swear to god so I will post <laughs> it to Facebook tonight and let me make know sure you put you a think. warning on that in case people have kids around yeah, or whatever. I'll put a flames warning <laughs> move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Actor-turned-director and human rights activist Angelina Jolie has given a new interview with The Guardian's Weekend magazine to promote the launch of a book that she co-authored, which is called Know Your Rights. Eagle-eyed fans will know she also has a tattoo that says the same on her back. And it's a guide about the rights that children have under the UN Convention. So when she was asked why she had decided to write the book, she said in addition to meeting many kids around the world whose rights have been violated, that it was actually an experience that she had in the States with her family that made her fear for her children's rights. She said, 
One of the ways it affects children is their voice in court. A child in Europe would have a better chance of having a voice in court than a child in California. That said a lot to me about this country. When asked if she was referencing her divorce from Brad Pitt and allegations she made against him of domestic abuse, she nodded. The journalist then asked, did she fear for the safety of her children? She responded, yes, for my family, my whole family. So we know that in August of 2016, Angelina filed for divorce just four days after an alleged kind of mid-air incident happened while they were on a private jet. And it was alleged that there was some kind of like altercation between Brad Pitt and their son Maddox, who was 15 at the time. Now, Brad was later cleared by the FBI of any abuse, but for the last five years, they've been in a very kind of public but private and bitter custody battle over their six kids. And it's been widely reported and also a lot of opinions have come out about the fact that a judge has declined Angelina's request and the request of three of their children to give testimony in court. Yeah, that was a really interesting part of the profile. And you could see throughout the profile that the journalist kept trying to get her to talk about Brad and the kids in the court case. And she kept deferring, kept deferring Mm. until it gets to the point where he was like, okay, I know you can't say anything, but just nod if that's what you're talking about. And he's like, yes, she nodded. And what is really interesting is that obviously we talked about the court case on past episodes where there's been a few quite strange things that have gone on. So one is like their private judge being removed from the case because he had some unfair fair advantage and relationship with Brad Pitt's legal team. And also, I think it's very telling that Angelina Jolie is pushing so hard for her kids to give testimony, which is something that a lot of people in these types of court cases avoid because they don't want the stress of putting the kids through that situation. Obviously, in this case, because they're so high profile, there's the chance that everything the kids say, like the documents always get leaked, even if they're sealed. They always tend to get leaked because places like TMZ have paid people working in all of these different places that the kids' testimony could be leaked to the press. And so it's very telling that even with all of that knowledge, Angelina Jolie and her kids are still pushing so hard for that. And Brad Pitt's team is pushing so hard for the kids not to speak about what's happened, which, I mean, you don't want to speculate, but it does look like something quite terrible has happened behind the scenes and the kids really want to take their mum's side, but they're just not being allowed to voice that in court. Yeah, that's exactly it. And the byline for this article was, I'm just paraphrasing here, but it was something like how Angelina Jolie's divorce from Brad Pitt turned into a human rights issue. She said something really specific. She said, when you have somebody who controls the finances and controls the family narrative because they are public, you're all under that person. I mean, you wouldn't think that there is a massive power imbalance between them, but Brad is estimated to be worth around 300 million US dollars and Angelina about half of that at 150 million. And if you look at the types of movies that Brad does, now it could be a choice because they did note in this profile piece that she has taken a back seat to really kind of work as a full-time mother. It did strike me as a fact that there is a bit of an imbalance there because of how they are perceived to be within the media. Brad Pitt is forever this boy next door, gorgeous looks, butter wouldn't melt. I don't know if that's the saying. I'm going to use it anyway. It is. <laughs> it is great. And then Angelina is still seen as this kind of temptress, this sexual predator, not really a predator, but very sexual, overly sexualized, man-stealer, blood-vial-wearing kind of woman. And it's like she can't really get past that. So it's almost the imbalance in their relationship comes from their public personas or their perceived public personas. 
Yeah, exactly. And I feel like people will look at this couple and think, well, they're both big Hollywood movie stars. They both have money. They're on an equal playing field. But if you look at the kind of how the business side of Hollywood runs, Brad Pitt is up there in that top, top boys club that very few people can get into. You know, he's up there with the likes of George Clooney and Matt Damon. You know, he's Quentin Tarantino's favorite pick to star in his movies. Like he's very much seen as one of the few movie stars left who can really open a movie and who has that kind of cachet behind him. And It just seems that no matter what comes out in the press, no one will turn against this golden image of Brad Pitt. And I think half of it's nostalgia. So many people have been so in love with him for decades and so, you know, on his side. And I think it doesn't help that even though he is the one who cheated on his wife, I think that's fairly apparent right now that that's what happened. He's the one who cheated on his wife, yet she is still the one who's tarnished with that home wrecker kind of label. Even aside from just that kind of way in which the public sees them, like Brad Pitt is still the power player in that relationship because nothing else would have kept him safe from all these allegations over the years. Like we're not going to get into the fact of whether it's true or not, but the thing is truth doesn't often play a huge role in people's reputations being tarnished or ruined or having these questions thrown against them. It's hard to think that any other actor who had all these accounts of his children like being scared to be around him, potentially being violent around him, then wanting to testify in court, his wife saying that she felt the family was unsafe. Usually that would spark a bigger conversation. Even the headlines today are very much like Angelina accuses Brad Pitt. Angelina does this, Angelina does that. Instead of anyone sort of saying, like, Brad Pitt's taken a hit from this. Even in this profile, though, like, this journalist says that he's trying to, well, he says, like, through his writing, that he's trying to show a different side of Angelina Jolie, that he's trying to show her as an advocate and a mother and someone who's trying to do the right thing. But he starts off talking about what she looks like, and he says her features are cartoonishly beautiful. Oh, I know. Yeah, right. Who says that when he's talking anyway? Like, it gets even worse. He goes, with straight black hair, huge blue eyes, and lips like a plumped red sofa. Mm. And then he says, she is talking on Zoom to four young activists. It is a horribly apt day to be discussing human rights. I'm like, okay, so she's on a Zoom call. She's talking to advocates. She's doing all this charity work. And the one thing you can think to lead in, the one thing you want to say about her is that she looks like a cartoon and her lips look like a sofa. So already, even though the rest of the article she's talking about her children suffering, she's talking about her marriage, she's talking about all the horrible things that are going on in the world. What's been put into your mind as a reader is that she's some overly sexy cartoon character. And I think that just goes to show that no matter what we say about Angelina Jolie, it all comes back to that. Yeah, it's wild that he just sexualized her in the opening sentence. It's like, this woman can literally not catch a break. So, okay, the other really interesting thing about this, the interviewer asked her what was the first time that she felt sufficiently disrespected in the industry, and she said, well, no surprise, Harvey Weinstein. I worked with him when I was young. If you get yourself out of the room, you think he attempted but didn't, right? The truth is the attempt and the experience of the attempt is an assault. She was 21 when she made the film Playing by Heart, which Harvey Weinstein executive produced at the time. But while that is a big revelation that she is also putting up her hand as someone that escaped an attempted assault from Harvey Weinstein, it's what she said next about how Brad Pitt came into this equation. So she said that she never associated or worked with him ever again. 
but that it was hard for her when Brad did. So in 2009, Brad starred in Inglorious Bastards, which was co-produced by the Weinstein Company. And then in 2012, she said that Brad had gone to Harvey to ask him to produce Killing Them Softly, a movie that he was making. And the Weinstein Company did later distribute it. And she said, we thought about it. Of course it hurt. She said that she was really unhappy that he worked with him, despite knowing that he had assaulted her, and said that she avoided attending promotional events for the film. What I also found really interesting was the timing of it because she also opened up, the journalist said to her that over the past five years, what has this kind of taken out of her as I've kind of gone through this battle over their kids? And there was a bit of a long pause. He mentions that her hands were cupping her face and she looked really ready to burst into tears. And she said, I mean, in some ways it's been the last decade. There's a lot I can't say. So if we're talking about decade She filed in 2016. That's five years that we think. But if she's saying decade, that's 2011. That's right around that kind of timing. So it's very interesting. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting how she said in the profile piece that the reason she turned down The Aviator, which was a huge, huge blockbuster Harvey Weinstein movie, obviously starring Leonardo DiCaprio, that she turned that down just to be away from him. And she didn't say which role. So maybe it was the smaller Kate Beckinsale role, but it could have been the Kate Blanchett role. And she went on to win an Oscar for that. So that's a pretty big career hit to take. Also, not to keep hating on Brad Pitt, but I just want to keep highlighting how every one of his little indiscretions or every conversation around him just gets brushed away without a second thought, is that everyone made such a big deal about Brad Pitt threatening to kill Harvey Weinstein when he was sexually attacking Gwyneth Paltrow when they were engaged. And everyone's like, oh, what a great guy. He said no. And I'm like, he literally did the smallest bare minimum, like, He heard that his fiance at the time was Mm -hmm. so scared and upset because she was being like sexually attacked and felt so uncomfortable by this man who worked in the industry. And Brad Pitt obviously wasn't as powerful as Harvey Weinstein back then at all, but the most that he could say is like, yeah, I threatened to kill him. And then afterwards, it's like, okay, now you're watching your wife go through a similar thing. And as far as we know, you haven't said anything publicly or behind the scenes to stop this. And we know that there's all these women in Hollywood who are being attacked by this man and you've known about it. And now you're pretending to be some big crusader of women and everyone's thinking that you're such a hero because you threatened to kill him, but you didn't actually take any action to help stop anything from happening. And I think Angelina Jolie looks like she's kind of shielded that information from getting out. But even if that information did get out, I still think no one's going to say a bad word about Brad Pitt. He's the one celebrity who can't be cancelled, can't be held to account, like no matter what he does. He'll always just be that blonde-haired, good-looking, kind of goofy, smiling guy up on the stage who all he has to do is hold the arm of his ex-wife backstage in an awards show and everyone loses their minds over how lovely he is. Like, he's got the most protection out of any actor in Hollywood I've ever seen. You know, finally you and I can talk about this because... We can only report on facts, like we try not to report on speculation. So now that Angelina's come out and really given us this information, it means we can have a completely different conversation, which I'm so thrilled he about. He and I have had this conversation with oh, Brad yeah, we behind have. the scenes, guys. We've been saying this for a while. We just can't really say it publicly until a few more facts come out. Exactly. So thank you, Angelina. We will link this brilliant and eye-opening, is what I'm going to call it, interview in our show notes for you guys all to have a read of. 
Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. We would love you to come and join us in the Facebook group. We're going to be putting a couple of fun things in today. It's a place where we can all get together. I'm loving the little conversations that our spillers are having without me prompting. They're just having them on their own. So search for The Spill on Facebook and we will gladly accept your request. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Maddie Joanno with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.